with the backyard ultra format, it just, it sets people up perfectly to push their own limits. Sure, we're gonna have somebody who's gonna go run 150, 200, 200 plus miles and win this race. And that is gonna be incredible and inspiring to watch. But there's gonna be somebody else who has never run an ultra marathon before and runs 15 miles, 20 miles, 25 miles. And that will be 10, 15 miles further than they've ever ran before. And that is still, in my opinion, as great of an accomplishment as that person who's running 200 plus miles. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the Backyard Ultra format is that everybody can push themselves to their own limit. And we're back. Huge welcome to the Ultra Running Guys family. You've got Jeremy Reynolds, Jeff Winchester of the Ultra Running Guys, and we are very excited tonight. We've got to uh, the opportunity to talk about something that I am super passionate about. Jeff's probably tired of, of hearing about, kind of. but we've got the race director for the Keystone Backyard Ultra, and you're going to see this is a unique guy yep. um, and an incredible runner just to kind of go through. So Jake Martinez, he is currently a division one runner running for Lehigh University. That gives you a little bit hint as to his age, um, but legit runner talking 5k PR, uh, 1530s on tracking cross country out there. Uh, we could probably tout a lot of his accomplishments all day, but rather than that, I'll bring him on. So Jake Martinez, man, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. He's fast. He's yeah, fast. He's real fast. I think 1530 I is like my one mile pace. In an uh, ultra, it is for sure. Yeah, I think I had a couple <laughs> miles over 1530 this last weekend. Oh but God, You did because I was with you. But so it's interesting. And the last guy that we had on that had a 5K PR in the 15s was also a race director that was right. putting on the last man, the backyard ultra that I ran in January. And he himself had actually never run an ultra race as well. And so before we jump in, Jake, have you actually ran an ultra race before? Yeah, I have not. No, I've just been uh, kind of living the traditional running lifestyle right now. I'm a collegiate athlete. I'm 20 years old. So my main focus has been on things short and sweet. I've been actually run the 800 and the mile. So the polar opposite pretty much of ultra marathoning, but it doesn't mean I still can't have a passion for the sport and you know, try to be involved in any way I can. And yeah, so that's perfect. So that's one of the things So we had Tom Clifford on and, and obviously he was passionate about it as well and the events that he's putting on. Um, so we are excited to talk about kind of the backyard ultra, but you know, people are going to ask, Hey, so how did, how does a college runner, you know, get into putting on an ultra race, especially something like the backyard, but we know a little bit of your background. Tell us how, even though you haven't run it, we know you've got huge connections to it. How did you first get introduced to the ultra world? Yeah, it's really just been a whole long lineage of having runners in my family. I mean, my grandparents back in the 1970s really started things off with the running boom in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania and were race directors themselves. And my mom grew up in that and I did as well. And all of our old family friends are amazing runners, Olympic trials qualifiers. And uh, Bart Yasso, you may know the name, um, he is one of our great family friends. He actually lives okay. two miles from my grandparents. Yeah, Bart Yasso, they used to be known as Bart the delivery guy. He worked at the <laughs> drugstore and would drop stuff off at my grandparents' house. So we've really known some incredible people throughout our time. And the, you know, for my father, um, it's really kind of what got it, uh, us into it first and kind of gave us that first exposure. Um, we did some endurance events um, and got interested in really neat people. And 
um, as we move forward, just uh, he kind of did his natural progression from the marathon on the roads to the trails. And he just kind of never turned back since. And his first uh, ultra marathon was the 2017 Eastern States 100. And just the people you meet and the people you're surrounded by. And once again, I'm a cross country and track and field athlete, but uh, there's something about uh, the human nature of pushing yourself and pushing yourself in nature and seeing some amazing, beautiful things in the most remote and beautiful places in the world. That's so <laughs> intoxicating, so appealing. And um, it's definitely, I can see myself as soon as I leave the, the collegiate realm and uh, immediately going up to the ultras because there's just so much to do and so much to see. And um, I've got a lot of you know, aspirations to continue that uh, down that path. So one of the things I'm real curious about, um, you know, you mentioned your dad did the Eastern States 100, but when, as you were growing up, um, being around that, do you have any like memories and stuff or experiences where you actually went and just watched him participate? Oh, every single big city marathon that he did, we'd, we'd go. I've been to Boston six times to watching him go up there for the marathon. And same thing, we went to ultras. We, our family is his crew. You know, it's such an awesome bonding experience with the family doing stuff like that. Um, just this past year, I, um, he wanted to go and set the fastest known time for the Delaware and Lehigh Trail. It's a 165 mile trail that goes from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, down to just outside of Philadelphia, Bristol. Um, it's an incredible um, rail trail network. That's a phenomenal place to run, bike. And I kind of took on the coordination of that. And um, since then, it was just, uh, once again, just going to these events and once again, just meeting all the people. I think that's one of the biggest things I've taken away from the sport is just the community, the camaraderie. And just seeing people do things that they never thought possible is just such an uh, inspiring thing to be, be around. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned your, your dad. And um, so we talked just before we came on here and, and we'll get to, but one of the runners, Greg Zinner, who is a good friend of ours, who's actually going to be running your race, is up from that, you know, close to that area in Pennsylvania, knew of your family. So he actually sent me that article when I mentioned that we were probably going to be talking to you. He sent me the article about your dad running it. Um, and I just thought that was super cool to have that connection um, I got I, I do have a question for you. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned when we were kind of, you know, messaging back and forth is you said that being around these types of races um, has really, you, you've seen human resiliency. You've seen, you're always astounded by the types of things that people are doing. I'm interested in, do you have any specific kind of moments um, and then also, I'm guessing flowing into, you talked about your concept of the ledge and uh, absolutely kind of get into that, what that means to you and how you've seen that play out in these kind of environments. Um, I would say the defining moment uh, when I first, this is the first time I was ever exposed to endurance events. This wasn't necessarily an ultra marathon per se, but it was the Spartan death race. It was the, basically the 60 plus hour endurance event that founded the Spartan Race Obstacle Race Series. It has a 2% finishing rate, just nonstop madness of nobody knows what's next for 60 plus hours. And we went up there, got to meet Joe DeSena, the owner of Spartan and made some really cool connections. And it was 48 hours into the race uh, and they just did a three mile swim. They've been pushing for 48 hours straight and there was a time cutoff. Um, and there were two Navy SEALs that got out of the water and were told that they missed the time cutoff. And they sat there crying, you know, devastated that they've been cut. And a woman comes out of the water, her name was Amy, uh, both legs paraplegic, you know, um, below the knee, dumps out the water from her legs, puts them back on and asks, can I keep going? Can I continue unofficially? And the race director was like, sure, you can keep going unofficially. She pops her legs back on and hikes up the trail and catches up with the rest of the pack. 
And I was 13, year, 13 years old at the time. And my father hadn't quite gone into ultra marathon at the time, but I think for both of us, that was just the moment like, wow, the human body and the human mind is capable of so much. And that was probably like the defining moment of just like seeing what people are capable of, no matter what situation they're coming from, what situation they're coming out of. Um, so that was like, say like the one defining moment that was really incredible. Um, and then moving on to the ledge, um, this is a concept that I think applies to obviously running. I found this as a short distance runner and my dad has totally agreed with this concept and ultra marathon. And I think this applies to all aspects of life is that when you're working towards a goal, you're climbing and you're climbing, you're climbing or throughout a race, you're, you're working harder, working harder, working harder until you hit this point where it's kind of a lip out, you know, this little lip that just stops you, you get blocked. And getting over that lip is so incredibly difficult. And every single race or every single time you kind of hit this time in your life, you may not get over it. Um, like there, it's very rare that you have that special day where you're able to pull yourself over that ledge. But it takes that a split second moment, a split second decision that if you can pull yourself up over that lip, up over that ledge, nothing's going to stop you once you get over it. And you might hit another one, you know, two, three hours down the road, you know, we hit that another 2000 foot climb up up a mountain, you know, in, in your ultra, or you might have hit another lip when you're another ledge, when you're 10 miles to go in a hundred mile race. But all you gotta do is make that split second decision to just will yourself over it. If, if you can do that, nothing will stop you when you keep on going. And I think that applies to it once again, shorter distance running, ultra marathoning, life in general. And that's something that kind of held true to this day. It's funny, man. I actually went back and, you know, as we were preparing for this, reread the email where you first talked about that. And I had some challenging moments this past Saturday. Um, and I thought, man, like that's so true. And, and I don't know, you know, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't that I was pushing so hard, the exertion of like, oh my gosh, I need to just hold this. But I went definitely somewhat of a mental ledge where I just had mm -hmm. to like, you know, you have to convince yourself that, either I'm committed or I'm not. And sometimes in ultras, it may not be a split second, you know, maybe an hour long an hour mm -hmm. mental battle with yourself. Um, I think it's fascinating, man. I think it's such a great point. And I'm hoping that everybody that's listening can kind of remember that as they're going through a tough point that, and then the funny thing is in that same race, all of a sudden, you know, 50 plus miles in, I decided that I was going to try to sprint it out and my legs mm -hmm. responded. And so clearly I had it in me. Um, and to your point, I think a lot of people have the energy to make it over that ledge. So, yeah, <clears throat> sorry. I didn't mean to, I don't want to get off that topic at all. I want to stay on the ledge. Um, not on the ledge, but with, with the ledge <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because you mentioned that you, you know, the examples were like 10 miles into an ultra marathon or whatever, whatever that distance is and stuff. But, you know, I'm reading a book called, um, how bad do you want it by? I think it's Mike McDonald. I think it's the author. Um, and he talks about the idea of endurance really is anything beyond 30 seconds. Um, because we have the physical capacity to run full on or swim full on or whatever that that uh, athletic experience is at this high octane threshold for 30 seconds beyond that we reach a point of our body wanting to break down and so the question for you is like how has this influenced you and when it's any distance it's not just an ultra marathon it's not just you know running 100 miles 50 miles um, if you run a mile in four minutes and some change then at some point you're reaching this, this critical threshold that you can't go any further and you have to make a decision. So how have you personally been influenced by just your understanding of the ledge? I think for myself personally, it's just knowing what you're capable of. I think there's so many times like you are so blinded by the pain, blinded by the distractions you have. Once again, this doesn't just relate to a one mile race. It could be within my studies at school here. I'm balancing a lot between 
running school, trying to put on a race. Um, my father talks about it when he's going into an ultra marathon or he's a surgeon going into surgery, you know, these critical moments that you have throughout your day and just be able to know that you can handle it once again, you, and just be able to not be blinded by that pain, by that distraction is kind of like the critical thing. And just the more you do it, the more you're able to get over that ledge, the easier it becomes the next time. Cause if you keep getting blocked by it, you keep getting blocked by that ledge it's just, it's more easier to give up and not fight to get over it. And I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway from it. I think the ledge ends up just going higher or changing or moving to a different spot. Like once you accomplish that ledge, you just find a new one. Correct. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's the same type of concept as the pain cave and, mm -hmm. and digging it deeper. You mm -hmm. know, your ledge gets higher, your pain cave gets deeper, the ability. And to your point, you don't always conquer it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it conquers you, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but we always have the ability to conquer it. So, um, like I said, man, I am excited to talk about the backyard, uh, but let's, let's kind of bridge the gap to tell us how you can so say you're 20 years old. You put on your first race, which I believe was a 5k obstacle race. Correct. Um, when you were 14. And so I want to hear how that started, but just for the listeners, I'm just going to kind of give them. So you worked with Spartan race you are uh, going to be running logistics for the Leadville Trail Series this mm -hmm. summer, which obviously uh, most people in the ultra community are very familiar with. Um, so you've got some, you know, some deep experience there. So tell us how you got into it. And now I'd like you to just kind of bridge the gap between that moment and how are we talking to you today as, you know, getting ready to put on the Keystone Backyard Ultra? Yeah, absolutely. So once again, I, I mentioned this earlier, but just I've been so fortunate to be surrounded by a family of runners who've put on racism and deeply involved with the running scene for so long. Um, so I was naturally interested. I saw my dad putting on like a, a, the town 5k and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really cool that he does that. And um, we had some family friends that wanted to put on a, a race up at, with their business in conjunction with their business um, right outside of town. And um, my dad was like, this is a great business opportunity for you to kind of learn like the basics of business and working with people and logistics and all that. And so once again, it was kind of like a big collaborative effort there. And, just like the experience of working on something for months, you know, building it. Um, and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that the runners don't realize. I mean, that we, we think of everything and everything. And then people come to your event and pay to do it. Like, how awesome is that? Like, you're doing something that you love, that's fun for you. And then people are going to come and pay for it. Like, that's, that's crazy. That's a really neat concept. So we kind of just roll with it. As I went through high school, I took more and more uh, leadership, you know, took more and more responsibility of these events. And by the time I, you know, graduated uh, high school, I was fully financially uh, like independent for the the race production company, Carbon Adventure Racing. I was doing it completely on my own at this point, and this is my business. I'm running it, and just kind of just moved on from like that little 5K to a couple of trail runs, 10K stuff like that, uh, up to a 20-hour endurance event. And now we're kind of our. This will definitely be my biggest payoff yet. Uh, with the Keystone Backyard Ultra, and I've had some great help along the way working for Spartan. I've got to work alongside Charlie Angle, who is your one of your past guests. Yeah. Um, an amazing man. Got to meet Dean Carnassus, Chris Brown, who finished third at the uh, Hoka Carbon X2 100K event. So I've really got to meet some amazing people in the industry who've really inspired me to continue to think bigger, think uh, better, and improve uh, improve the product that I'm putting out. So. Tell us really um, when for the Keystone Backyard is on May twenty second. Um, it's a it's a backyard ultra. It's the four point one mile loop. Um, it's done on the hour um, every hour until somebody drops. And so, what will make this experience um, unique for them? 
I think the biggest thing is uh, the venue and the history behind the area uh, we're having this event. I think uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania is a historic town, nationally recognized as one of the most beautiful towns. Like I think uh, USA Today ranked it one of the top 10 most beautiful small towns in America for the past several years. So it is a historic old coal mining town. Uh, Asa Packer has his mansion there. He's an old coal baron. He started Lehigh University where I'm at school right here. Um, so once again, the, just the history of the, the area, the history of the Lehigh Gorge is so rich with just quite literally the Lehigh Gorge built America. The coal mined uh, in Summit Hill and in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, it was shipped down the Lehigh Canal to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, that built the steel that quite literally built America. So the history of the area is first off, really incredible. And secondly, uh, the beauty of Mock Chunk Lake. I mean, this is really an underdeveloped area in ultra marathoning. There's the Boulder Field 100K um, up in Whitehaven, which is a phenomenal race. People should definitely check it out, shout out for them. Um, but besides that, Eastern PA is really an underdeveloped region for ultra marathoning. And this is gonna be a great way to gain exposure for the trail systems around here. The Delaware and Lehigh Trail runs right through town. I think that's gonna be like the two main differentiating factors is just the history of the location and just uh, the kind of the venue we're gonna be offering. So I love the format of the backyard. Um, I think some of the things that we're probably about to discuss just really speak to me. You know, I did my first one in January. That's my big race. I'm also doing uh, one in May that I was already signed up for actually the weekend after yours. Um, mm -hmm. I tried to do it last year, but either way, passionate about it. So how did you land on the backyard? Um, and then you had made a statement that you think that the backyard ultra is the truest form of ultra running. I'm interested and your thoughts behind that um yeah with with the backyard format in general like i have always been fascinated like as i talked about the, the ledge all that i've always been fascinated by what people are capable of i think that is whether it's how fast you can run how far you can go i'm, I'm really into those those true like those two purest sports like running swimming cycling just like all those sports where you are trying to push yourself to your limit and with the backyard ultra format, it just, it sets people up perfectly to push their own limits. Sure. We're going to have somebody who's going to go run 150, 200, 200 plus miles and win this race. And that is going to be incredible and inspiring to watch, but there's going to be somebody else who has never run an ultra marathon before and runs 15 miles, 20 miles, 25 miles. And that will be 10, 15 miles further than they've ever ran before. And that is still, in my opinion, as great of an accomplishment as that person is running 200 plus miles. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the backyard ultra format is that everybody can push themselves to their own limit. And there's very few times because there, there are people who may never be able to run 100 miles, who may never be able to run 100K. But you know what? They may be able to run 30 miles for the first time and will be so blown away with where they've came from. And I think that is what I'm so looking forward to is hearing people like, this race changed my life. This race was a farthest of a rant and I'm so proud of myself. That's what I'm excited for, whether it's 10 miles or 200. And that's what's going to be a really amazing day come May. Dude, you won me, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, uh, I really hope that everybody that's listening um, just kind of latches onto that because I 100% agree. The way that it's set up is it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be able to, like you said, you don't have to be able to run an ultra distance to sign up for this event that we know is going to turn into an ultra endurance event. Um, but every participant gets the opportunity 
to push their limits, really try it out. So if you're listening and you go, hey, the backyard, because really that's how, you know, backyards got popularity because we hear about the Courtney to Walters and the right. Harvey Lewis and these people that are going hundreds of miles. And so people go, why would you do that? Or how do they do that? Mm -hmm. But what's missed, like you said, are the ones that made it 25. They made it six hours. They made it eight hours, you know, and there's so many stories of triumph there. So if you're listening to this and you've never thought of the backyard as something that is within your grasp, it's probably way more within your grasp than the average ultra. Um, so I hope people are encouraged to do that. Uh, one of the things we're really excited about, you know, you reached out to us um, after we had Chris Bartoli on, who's going to be running the event, which is super cool. Um, we mentioned Greg Zinner, who just took second place at a race over the weekend. So I think, uh, you know, he's, he's tough. This will be a new experience for him. Um, and then another guy, Joel Cervantes, who's, who's reached out to us, he's going to be running with you as well. Just all kind of part of the ultra running guys community. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the reasons that we really wanted to talk about this race specifically. So one of the things I'm interested, what do you kind of expect to see? What do you hope to see? Uh, you know, any words for encouragement to the participants? Yeah. And I'm going to go back real quick. One more, it's like that last point is that I feel like the, the barrier, like when ultra marathon is first brought up, it's such a scary word or concept. People are just like, Oh my God, hundred miles, hundred K. Like that's, I, that those people are crazy. Those are the crazies out there in the woods for like 24 hours. And you got in order for the sport to grow, that stigma, stigma needs to be broken. And the back ultra is a great way to just get people to dip their toes on because once again, they can go as far as they want or push themselves to as far as they can. And once again, it's a great way to dip your toes in because when you just hear hundred miles, that is just so mind boggling. Most people can't even imagine that distance. And I think this is a really phenomenal way to expand the sport of ultra marathon. That's what ultimately I want to do to be able to grow the sport because I know how much people get out of it. I think there's a phenomenal way to get into it. Um, so it kind of goes to the next point now. Um, so what to expect from the Keystone Backyard Ultra? Um, I think that this is the perfect course when it comes to the combination of uh, runnability and elevation gain. You know, there's so many courses that, you know, there's upwards of 500, 550 feet per lap, and that can really do damage on people over the entire event but this has about 280 to, to 290 feet of climbing per lap so this the majority of this course is completely runnable so people are it's going to be a true test of how far can you go this course isn't going to be a thing that breaks people it's going to be how far can you go like who will break first like who literally cannot go again which i find very exciting is that it's that this the course isn't going to be a barrier uh, in a sense that's going to be just wrecking havoc on the field in the first four hours. Um, secondly, it's a beautiful combination of, uh, you know, rail trail and single track. Um, you are actually Island hopping through the woods. At one point, the mock chunk stream snakes through the woods and there's these beautiful foot bridges. We're just hopping through these tiny little islands to the woods. So it's going to be constantly engaged. You're overlooking every single lap at the start of each lap overlooking the lake. So, um, it's gonna be a very engaging course and one that's very runnable that'll truly be a test of how far people can go. Um, I've had the good fortune of, of watching a couple of these things now, it seems like. Um, but it's interesting when you begin to to watch the participants over time. Um, you are surprised, I think, when you when you find how well some do and others um, tend to get challenged a lot quicker. Um, it's this the the issue for a lot of the runners is this stopping point uh, between the ending of their lap and the start of the next lap and how they deal with this off time 
Um, and so what, what I have begun to notice that regardless of how gifted the athlete is or how gifted a runner they are, what they do in that 10 minutes, 12 minutes, five minutes, whatever that gap is, is really the um, driver of how successful they will be on the next lap um, and how successful they'll be over the long term, because it tends to be um, something that you don't plan for um, and how to deal with it. So how do you see, um, you know, again, I'm not sure if you've seen, experienced them by, by seeing them yourself, but when, when this race is taking place and our good friends, Chris, Greg, and Joel are out there running, you know, because they're part of our community, right? Um, and they're suffering, you know, how are you going to encourage them um, when they begin to reach that ledge during that, that window of time that is the most critical with their brains, really? I, I honestly feel like I have a personal responsibility to make sure that every single runner gets the most out of this event. I don't want anybody leaving my race being like, eh, I could have gone further. I, I could have given a little more. I personally will take that as offense to my race. I, I want people to really be like, I gave it my all and I can sit, look at myself in the mirror and be like, I gave it everything I had. Um, so what I'm going to ask every single participant to do, um, unless they miss the time cut, unless they miss the hour. So they get back in under the time limit. I'm going to ask them to step back on the line. I don't care if they walk across the line at the start of the hour and turn right back around. I want them to just step back on the line. Give yourself that opportunity. That's once again, that split second decision or that couple second decision to at least go for it. I don't want people to just be in the pit, sitting around and be like, I'm done. I want you back on the line to at least try. And if it, people can honestly look themselves at, um, look at themselves at the end of the race, be like I tried, I went as far as I could, and I did a job well done as a race director. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you can speak to that too. That was one of your own personal rules about um, the last man standing when, when the, at the start to at least get to the start. Yeah, that was my, you know, people kept asking me, well, how far do you think you're going to go? And we'd had the discussions. Um, I think it's really dangerous in that environment to have any kind of number in your head for a couple of reasons. Um, and I think we talked about this before, but one is uh, because if you get to that number and you're tired, you'll want to stop and not line up again. But the second is, and we've, we've seen this with the people and they may go, oh, I've never run a 50K. I will do a backyard to do a 50K. And then at mile 15, they have something that happens and they go, Oh my gosh, another 20 miles. I don't think I can do that. Instead right. of thinking, I just need to line up for the next lap. Mm -hmm. So to your point, that was my one rule is just line up, never not line up. You know, I Absolutely. only saw it as a fail if, if I quit and I, I did end up at some point not lining up, um, just dealing with the injury, but, um, you know, I'm happy with the, with the way it went overall. But yeah, man, I think that that's something else you can do to encourage your participants is, uh, you know, get rid of any numbers that may be in your head. Mm -hmm. Just make it the next lap. Just line up. I think that's fantastic advice. Um, and I really hope that they heed it because we saw a couple of pe people that really had regrets about not lining up at the ones that, you know, that we were at. So mm -hmm. Yeah. So another question about that, you mentioned that you hope that people go 150 miles to 200 miles, which would be awesome um, if they do and even further, but let's, let's use that as time. So that's, you know, hundred miles is 24 hours, 200 miles is 48 hours. Um, I know you're in college and I know you're a lot younger than I am, <laughs> but what is your plan to maintain that level of energy um, that you would need to have as the race director uh, for 32, 36, 48 hours um, as, as this group of individuals, um, continue to go on because honestly if greg or chris don't win this we're just gonna be disappointed in them and so our <laughs> expectation is that they're gonna keep going on and on um and joel too sorry 
for yourself, how long do you, you know, what is your plans to be able to maintain your own level of energy as the race director for that length of time? Yeah, thankfully, I've got an amazing staff of people that are going to be working with me throughout the entirety of the event. But, you know, my, my goal and my plan is I want to be on the line at the top of every hour. I mean, these participants are doing it themselves. There's no reason why I shouldn't, uh, I'm putting them through this. <laughs> um, there's no reason why I shouldn't be there as well. And once again, quick power naps and all that. I have a great team uh, surrounding me, but um, I'm, just be, I'm just excited to get to meet these people. I'm a big people person and people are coming from all walks of life. Our youngest participant, I believe is 16 years old. Nice. All the way up to our oldest is uh, over 65. So we have people coming from 11 different states all over the country, as far as Wyoming, uh, North Carolina. Um, it's just really going to be like this energy is going to feed off me. At the top of every hour to see the excitement, the highs, the lows. I don't want to miss a second of it. I might be taking quick little power naps in between the hour, um, but it's probably about about the most I'll be getting for the entirety of the event. I like it. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, I think we even had a note there, um, just having the different backgrounds. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I love backyard. Just the format, the required pace, it's kind of like the great equalizer. You know, now it's not, you don't have a top male and top female. It's just the last person. It doesn't matter if they're, like you said, 16 or 60, male, female. Um, if you're tough, you can do well at the backyard. Um, and so be super, I'd love to see a 16 year old man go out there and, and or the 60 year old actually. My money's on the 60 year old. Yeah, probably the experience, <laughs> man. That 16 yep. year old doesn't know yet how bad it can hurt. Hey. <laughs> and when we're old, we just get numb. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, hurt. like, yeah, no, my, my dad, like we all give him, my teammates and I, you know, we all give him crap about how he's, you know, he's old and slow and, you know, we're all young and fast. And um, until we go out for a long trail run or we were up in the Adirondacks in the great range traverse and, uh, and six inches of ice on the entire range for 25 miles. And lo and behold, five miles to go, my teammate and I, we are young, 20 years old, division one athletes, and we are getting dropped by the 52 year old surgeon just down the mountain. So once again, it's a great equalizer. Anybody, anything can happen. Anybody can surprise us. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most because we can see people's results on ultra time when they sign up and get an idea of what races they've done in the past, how fast they've done it. And we have like an idea of you know, who are some of like the, the contenders, but I'm looking for those people who have only ran 50 miles before and they're going to be up in the front 24 hours later, pushing it. And once again, that's what's going to be most exciting to see uh, how that unfolds and seeing people who really surprise themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you'll definitely be surprised with how it plays itself out, uh, who you, and I think it's a good exercise for you to like to kind of get an idea of who you think is going to do well. And then just mm-hmm. obviously don't disclose that, but then as you start kind of pay attention to it, I think you're going to be surprised. Um, I, I am definitely surprised when I watch them or even hear the results of others that people I've known that participate in them. Um, you never really know what's going to happen and, and mm-hmm. who's going to be impacted just by the course or just the Absolutely. event itself. Yeah. Are any of your college teammates going to be doing this? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, they're all, they're all going to be actually uh, one. One of my teammates is going to be uh, running. I think he's just going out for just a few laps just to experience it. But they'll all be uh, they'll all be helping out there. Once again, the first time I told them about this event, they all looked at me like I was like that's insane. But they're all pretty excited. They they all have the same mindset as me. They're all. One of, they all love pushing themselves. And that's kind of you know, that distance runner mentality is just, you know, we're out there, we call it a blue collar work. You know, we're, we're out there, we're grinding every day, you know, we're putting the work in and, um, and we, we love it. So they're excited to see how far people go. And um, yeah, I think that's a, it's gonna be a really cool thing for them. I'm hoping it's be nice for them to see what I do, what I'm passionate yeah. about 
and uh, kind of sharing that for for a weekend. Yeah. So are you a senior at Lehigh? A sophomore, sophomore, sophomore. Yes, I was going to challenge you and tell you that since you said earlier that you think the backyard's a great place for people to dip their toe into the ultra community, I figured if you told me you were a senior, then I could say, well, you know, in a couple months when you graduate, we can find you a backyard <laughs> to dip your toe in. There you go. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I would. If I, I be honest, my heart's on the trails. You know, I right my singular focus right now is being a college athlete is you know, cross country and track. I want to compete. I want to compete on a, a national class level if I can by the time I graduate. Um, but just whenever I get back in that off season, just get up on the trails. And I, once again, I've been so fortunate to meet some incredible people. Um, my heart lays, lies on the trails for sure. And, uh, and once again, that's the biggest thing I want is that I want this sport to grow. You know, it's traditionally, uh, you know, relatively a, an older person's sport, you know, it takes a few years to kind of get into it. And I don't think that needs to be the case and not just trail ultra marathon in general, but just trail running too. I mean, I mentioned this in our email, but there's like kind of four components of running that I kind of like to break it down to the track, cross country, uh, road and trail. And it just each sport is in its own sense. It's the same thing. You are running. Uh, but when you break it down, there's so many different nuances to it. And I really hope that we can get more people exposed to this trail running ultra marathon community because once again, it's such a positive group of people. And you once again, the very few times in your life, can you truly push yourself farther than you ever thought before. And I think that this, this sport is something that I think, feel like more people could benefit from, more people could really enjoy. I think that as the sport gets younger and more ideas we brought in, more uh, better competition, more passion for it and more mainstream, more money, more races. That's what it kind of all builds off of. And we need more people to do that. And I'm hoping that a younger audience can, uh, can hear this and see this and realize that the sport, uh, you know, how much the sport has to offer. Yeah, I would say one of the cool things I'm going to challenge you here is that I agree that the younger audience is going to be needed because you'll have younger participants. And so during your off season, let me know when that is. We will find you an ultra. So <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I think it's great. No, Can't, honestly, don't, don't, don't tell my coach about that. He that's what I would say. Listen, that. if I said that to my kid and he's a swimmer, like I said earlier, um, I would get just yelled at. He was like, my coach would kill me. So I'm giving you a hard time. Um, I think that's really cool what you're doing at Lehigh. Um, you're a very fast runner. And so um, best of luck with that as well. Well, thank you. One of the things I want to touch on, and to your point, the new formats, the younger, I think one of the reasons we are starting to see younger people around it, like it's the reason that my family has been able to be around it more. When you have events like a backyard where they can essentially set up mm -hmm. and crew and some of these other ones that we're seeing that are looped courses where you can have a camping weekend or, mm -hmm. you know, something um, versus the traditional point to point, 50 mile, hundred mile. That's a tough, you know, that's a tough environment to drag your family around to. And so now my daughter can go set up camp and hang out and watch ultra runners all day, which is really changing her perspective compared to a lot of her peers. And so I think what you're doing and some of the ideas that you're talking about are really going to help you drive that point of getting more people involved, especially some of the younger crowds. Cause I mean, if kids can be around it and they grow up and that's normalized, um, I think that's going to make a huge impact. Well, I think even like his own involvement as a race director, it was normalized growing up from his grandparents to his dad and everybody being involved in race directing. And so um, it's, it's kind of what influenced you to, to some degree and also seeing your dad as part of ultra running. Um, I think it's played a huge factor. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same, same as that concept. And um, I would say ultra runs, the, the community is what makes it, you know, besides just being a whole bunch of people running in the woods, it's, <laughs> it's the community that surrounds it. Uh, the crew members, and we were in touch with people from crews and runners we've met. 
um, over that time. And same thing like this, um, we got to keep it fresh, got to keep it new. And um, I've got some, you know, exciting ideas that I'm hoping I can implement over the um, next few years. And um, we're looking forward to trying to, once again, continue to grow the sport and uh, show what it has to offer for everybody. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, well, and let's make sure we keep in touch, man. If there's ever anything we can do to to help you out, um, anything that can help grow the sport, we're 100% 100 behind. So we like what you're doing, man. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, Jake, man, we really appreciate, uh, we appreciate your time. We love your energy. Uh, we're very excited to see how the race plays out and really what you, you know, your future. I think, you know, it's clear that you're just getting started. It's clear, uh, the passion is just pouring out of you, you know, for it. So, uh, our tagline that we always talk about, just show up. I know you mentioned, you know, you've seen a couple of, and I'm sure you've heard us talk about that, but that's it, man. Just tell those guys at the, at the Keystone, Chris, Joel, Greg, if you're listening, just show up every lap, man. That's all that matters. You can't always control how the lap's going to go, but you can control whether you're at the start line or not. So absolutely. really what I also want to say is thank you so much for the Ultra Running Guys community for, for your time. Uh, make sure you go check out the Keystone Backyard Ultra May 22nd up in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's going to be an incredible event. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, or if you're listening to it on the podcast, make sure you follow because we've got a bunch of other cool stuff coming up. Jake, thanks so much for your time, man. We've really appreciated it. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. All right. All right. Thank you. And cut. cut. Where is Jake I, from State Farm? I haven't even... He's got two minutes, man. Look at that background you got now. Is it with the background or without background? Yes. It's when you move your head, it looks like mountains. When you stand like that, it looks like antenna. <laughs> okay. Oh, you guys got the, got the antenna. I was going to go with ears. Um, what? Look how red I've turned. Sorry. <laughs> I got sidetracked. That's going to be a tough edit. <laughs> so, which yeah, means I'm... if you really want to beat your dad, you have to do the Eastern States. That's yeah, true. Currently, currently, I've got everything, all this collegiate vests, even as a freshman. Don't tell me I said this, but I've got all this collegiate vests as a freshman. But that just give give him a hard time. But or else you'll be in your forties and you'll be sitting in front of a sign like this, <laughs> like a podcast that's made out of cardboard, <laughs> doing a podcast, right? Have yeah. you two started? I know he's I mean, like he's like, why are you I mean, talking about this great. now? That's great. Like that, I want all that in the podcast. Like, y'all have just <laughs> I, used I can it. Say that again. I know it's it. too late now. I don't want it. I don't want it now. It's old news. Um, <sighs> what? I'm just taking a breath. Like this yeah. is like my favorite part of my day, right? You know, obviously besides the family time, but mm-hmm. <laughs> our good friend Jacob and his good friend <laughs> Jacob Ty. and Ty, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're awesome. It's got my, my mom calling me Jacob, you know, that's probably the only person laugh that does. Oh, I'm gonna all edit this in. Eh. <laughs>